What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Promenade Merchants Podcast, your favorite Star Trek podcast, favorite Star Trek podcast. I'm David Majors, and I am joined, as always, by my outstanding co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? <laughs> what is up, David? It's March. It's Spring is coming. Daylight Savings is here. Uh, the sun is starting to shine. And I'm ready to talk some Star Trek with you, and because it's episode 25, our special guest. We do have a special guest, merchants and listeners. Uh, as always, Heather has done an exemplary job in going through her Rolodex and finding another great guest out there in the world of Star Trek fandom. And I especially like this episode, everybody, that we're going to do, because... I'm going to give Heather the con. So, Heather, feel free to introduce our guest. All right. Well, so this past Monday was International Women's Day. And so today in our recording, we're going to be celebrating women in general. And I'd love to introduce you to our special guest. She is a fabulous part of our Star Trek community. She is a wonderful fan artist and... Uh, contributor to the Women Made Trek initiative, and thank you, Susie P, for joining us today. Hello, everybody. Hey, Susie. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you joining us. Now, as Heather said, uh, your fan art is awesome. You are, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, you are my favorite Star Trek Twitter follow. You are my absolute favorite. And it's just a joy to have you on. So let's just jump in. So to new listeners of the pod, we, we do this in a format where we talk about old business, where we cover kind of the classic era of Star Trek, new business where we talk about what's happening in the world of Star Trek right now, and later, upcoming business where we look beyond, pun always intended. So, starting with old business, Heather, uh, the women of Star Trek, uh, as you said, we're celebrating women, which uh, I'm always in favor of, <clears throat> giggity, uh, and yeah, I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Uh, so, for me, this is kind of a no-brainer, guys, because it was my mother and my sister who introduced me to Star Trek. Uh, my mother was a big fan of Guinan in The Next Generation, uh, so it could just go from there. Uh, and Heather, like I said, I'm gonna let you take the con on this one. Old business, the women of Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, that's a very, very broad topic when you think about it. Throughout the 55 years of Star Trek, there have been some amazing, uh, inspiring, and just all-around, uh, all-inducing women characters of Star Trek. And so we're just going to highlight some of the ones today that inspire us personally, um, I've talked multiple times about how much I love Captain Janeway. She is my favorite captain. Uh, she 
is probably the first character I go to when I think of a woman character in Star Trek that inspires me because she really had everything thrown at her across the seven seasons of Voyager and she handled it all with grace and audacity and uh, just that classic Janeway snark where she wasn't going to let anything get her down even when it did occasionally get her down uh, so Susie I'm going to start with you because uh, this is particularly why we chose to invite you today so what inspires you about the women characters of Star Trek and is there anyone in particular that you immediately go to when you think of that so first of all, I want to say I'm a gener- generational Trekkie too. So like David, my mom introduced me to Star Trek. She watched Star Trek from the original series, and then we watched it together um, during TNG when I was a kid. Uh, I love Janeway too, actually, because I am a woman in business, and so I admire her as a boss. I admire all the really difficult decisions that she has to make. Um, sometimes in the heat of the moment, I don't always agree with the difficult choices she makes, although I do agree about Tuvix. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so Janeway is on my short list. Um, uh, Balana, I'm, I'm doing a Voyager watch right now. So I'm in a Voyager headspace. Uh, Balana, I also love cause there's not a lot of Latinx representation in Trek. And so, um, and so I just think she's a really cool, strong character. And then obviously my piece for women make Trek was Jadzia. Jadzia is my favorite character in all of Star Trek. Um, those who follow me on Twitter know I call her my wife. Uh, there's wedding pictures. Um, and so, uh, she's just really inspiring to me because, um, you know, she was, queer representation on TV when we didn't have a lot of that. And so it was really important to me growing up. And she's also this really just strong, confident character. And I was this shy, meek kid. So she was kind of the opposite of everything that I was. And she just kind of lights up a room whenever she walks in. And she just has such a commanding presence and such a joy of life um, that she's a character that I just really love and just really resonates with me. Uh, for any of my anime compadres out there, uh, what she said about Jedzia would essentially make Jedzia Susie's waifu, to, to translate for the anime fans out there. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I would say, uh, given my my mother and my sister, uh, for both of them, it's probably Guinan. Uh, seeing a black woman on television in a Star Trek series, in a sci-fi series, during that time was pretty significant for both of them, and I know how much that resonated for them. Uh, and if it's important to them, it's important to me. Uh, to me personally, I had a Voyager rewatch in 2020, and Belana Torres became maybe one of my top three favorite characters in Star Trek because she is, I see so much of myself personality wise in Belana Torres throughout the entirety of Voyager. Uh, she's not always friendly. She's not always the perfect Starfleet Star Trek character. She's sometimes a little off-putting and a little standoffish and I can relate to that. Sometimes you're just not in the mood. 
Uh, sometimes you don't like Seven of Nine very much. Uh, also, <laughs> there was the episode that I talked about on Trek Profiles where we find out that Balana is going through a lot of mental strife. And she spends this entire series going through an incredible amount of growth and evolution and to the point where she falls in love, she gets married, she has a kid, she has this entire lifetime's worth of storytelling uh, in Voyager. And I think she just became an incredible, incredible character that I connect with on a level that I did not imagine I would as a kid, but if there is a Star Trek character in Voyager that I really, really connect with, it's definitely Bolana Torres. Um, also, uh, the more I see her, the more I really grow to appreciate Sylvia Tilly. Now, listeners to the podcast in the beginning knew that I didn't really care for Tilly very much in season one. Uh, but that goes back to how I feel about a character growing and evolving over time. And you're seeing Tilly grow into her dream of being a captain someday. I imagine that's kind of where they want Star Trek Discovery to end, where we see Tilly taking command of her own ship or maybe taking command of the Discovery someday. So... I'm rooting for Tilly in a big, big way in that regard. And lastly, uh, I think that this might be a little bit off the beaten path, but I'm going to say Dr. Pulaski. And uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, okay, you finish and then I will go because I have thoughts. But Okay. Uh, I thought Dr. Pulaski had an injection of personality into the next generation that was really sorely needed. Uh, there were times where the next generation, everything was just a little too perfect and a little too easygoing. And Dr. Pulaski was a fun, interesting, vibrant character that really brought a spark to the cast that it kind of didn't have. And I I absolutely loved her. And nothing against Beverly Crusher, not at all, but I kind of lean toward Team Pulaski, if we're being honest. Okay, Heather, now you, feel free to, to rip me apart on that one. <laughs> no, I'm not going to rip you apart. <laughs> but I, like, I, I mentioned when I started this segment, like my go-to person was Janeway. But when I look back about uh, what initially attracted me to Star Trek as a young girl um, when I started watching TNG, it was Dr. Crusher. Uh, so I, and I, I, there's a whole long spiel about how I had a thing for really smart redheads at that age. <laughs> we won't I, even I, get into I that. have that thing now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it does, like I, I respect Pulaski. Um, as the character that she was, but Dr. Crusher was someone who was like re really stood out to me as a young girl. Um, just being the, the smart one, 
the smart medical doctor on the starship and the one who, because especially in a position as the chief medical officer, could actually challenge the captain and uh, some of his decisions and what he was doing because the, the doctor has that ability. So just being able to see a woman do that throughout TNG um, was special to me. So, yeah. I like both. <laughs> um, and I, and I can elaborate on that. I am um, Dr. Crusher. I looked up to growing up. I thought it was really cool that she was the chief medical officer. Um, cause I loved science and I wanted to be a doctor when I grew up, which obviously didn't end up happening, but I was also a dancer. So I loved the whole like dancing doctor bit. I love that she had these different facets to her personality. Um, I thought that was really cool, but as I got older, I learned to appreciate Pulaski a lot more. I enjoyed the dynamism in her story and her character development and how um, she. we got to learn just so much more about her as the season progressed and how she grew in her relationship with Data. You know, she starts off quite bigoted and then she becomes, you know, kind of one of his biggest supporters towards the end. Um, and also that her biggest flaw is kind of juxtaposed she comes off as kind of dry but when in reality her weakness is her profound empathy right it's what ends up getting her into trouble all the time and i think those are some really interesting facets to her character and so um while i love dr crusher i'm glad she came back it would have been cool if we'd been able to revisit pulaski at some point oh yeah definitely i agree with that hint hint star trek picard (laughs) Okay, Uh, okay. well. New business. Uh, The Indiegogo campaign for Star Trek Voyager. Heather, you caught this before I did, so I'll let you take it. (laughs) All right. So the Indiegogo campaign for the uh, Voyager documentary celebrating the 25th anniversary of Star Trek Voyager, which happened last year, uh, went live at the March the 1st, the beginning of March. And um, has so far, and I, I just checked it last night, so it's probably gone up, but so far has raised over $711,000. <laughs> so um, it's become the most successful campaign in Indiegogo's history, <laughs> surpassing the amount raised for the DS9 documentary, uh, what was that, two years ago in 2018? Uh, so has anyone else besides me, cause I've already donated <laughs> plenty of money towards it. Has anyone else donated and are you looking forward to seeing the documentary? Susie, are you ready to revoke my Trekkie card? <laughs> oh no. I'm right, I, I guess I'm right there with you. I haven't donated yet, but here's why. I have a good reason, and actually, it's topical, okay? I want to contribute at the level to get the Janeway shirt, obviously. Love the gun show. But I got stuck at, like, I was looking at the size chart, (laughs) and and I want the women's cut, but the women's size chart, I was just just overwhelmed because I think there might be, like the measurements of the shirt, not the measurements of the person that's supposed to fit it. And then I couldn't figure out what size I should get. They, it just seems really small. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, yeah. don't, don't want to get the wrong size. And so I froze 
And so that's why I haven't contributed yet. But I'll revisit it. I'll just YOLO it. I'll just pick a size. It'll fit or it won't. I yeah, also... That's part am, of my mountain I, of money I've given them so far. I am shirt. also a bad Trekkie because... I wasn't even privy to the Indiegogo campaign until it was already funded. Uh, but I am looking at this and I'm saying a Zoom with Tim and Ethan. And I assume that would be Tim Russ and Ethan Phillips. And that has my attention. That has my attention. I, I'm, I might keep that in mind. I might keep that in mind. Uh, I am intrigued by that, and there's 15 out of 50 claimed at the moment, so, okay. Now, normally with campaigns like this, you look through and see what you might want and what you might like, and that one's actually pretty cool. Or maybe Garrett and Robbie, and maybe I might sneak into an episode of their podcast, I don't know, Uh, but... These sound fun for me because I just can't help myself. I like talking into a microphone. Uh, But, yeah, I'm considering that might be what I do. But even though it doesn't look like they they need our help anymore, um, this could hit a million, guys. (laughs) This could hit a million. Well, I mean, they definitely don't need the extra help, but I love how they keep adding more uh, stretch goals to it. So they show what they're putting the money towards. And like I said, I have already, considering I am very much a blue-collar worker, I've already donated way too much already, but I didn't get the opportunity to donate towards the DS9 campaign, and I'm definitely more of a Voyager fan than DS9. That, so, that was um, mine. That That is the one that I donated to obviously yeah so i definitely had to go for the the gun show shirt because yeah janeway's my girl and then i ended up with the the bragging rights thing which gets my name in the credits as well as a physical and digital copy of the documentary because why not donate towards it unless you get a copy of it (laughs) so uh, that's just me, but like I said, it doesn't matter if you guys haven't donated yet. That doesn't mean you're a bad Trekkie. Like I said, they've already had plenty of people give them plenty of money, and it's a amazing, resounding success. So, moving on to something else that is also a success, the Saturn Award nominations came out this past week. They did, and there's a lot of Star Trek in here. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, Sonequa Martin-Green, Patrick Stewart, all getting nominations for various awards. And the Saturn Awards uh, specialize in sci-fi and horror and sort of the genre space, the not necessarily kind of mainstream drama prestige television but more on the the genre side and every by every measurable metric star trek in this era is a smash hit and a complete success we talked previously on an episode about how the subscriber numbers for cbs all access now paramount plus have made it very clear that star trek is generating actual billions of dollars for Viacom CBS. So when you have this and you have the Saturn Awards and the shows being recognized for their success, 
by all accounts, it's it's just a great time to be a Trekkie. Uh, Susie, uh, if you've seen these nominations, uh, what do you think? How'd you feel about them? Oh, I'm so excited for everyone. I think Sonequa is so deserving. She did such an incredible job in season three of Discovery. She deserves the moon. Um, but I know uh, Issa is on there also for a young yes. actor. Um, Gary Ryan, I think, got best guest. Doug Jones uh, is supporting. I mean, I honestly, give Doug I mean, Jones I hope, everything. I want I, I want Doug guys. Jones to have like 80 awards every year. Man does so much work. They all get it, uh, especially Sonequa. I would love to see get it, but honestly, they are all incredibly deserving. I mean, the shows themselves are nominated too, right? Best uh, yes. sci-fi series. Yeah. Yes. 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 Discover. That's the one category that both Discovery and Picard would go head to head in. Um, all the other ones, they are lucky enough that uh, they don't have to go head to head with the other Star Trek cast members. Uh, so I would love to see them sweep it. I remember uh, last year's Saturn Awards, basically Discovery won everything that they were nominated for, Sonequa, Doug, and the show. So I would love to see that happen again, as well as uh, Patrick, Jerry, and Issa get some recognition for what they did in Star Trek Picard. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see. But it's just great to see them nominated because it, it shows that at least um, this award show, which is geared towards the genre shows is recognizing how good of a content that Star Trek is putting out right now. Yeah, because the genre and- shows don't always get the love that they deserve on the mainstream awards, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it's nice to see them get some love, and I, I'm hoping for a sweep, too. And this will continue my campaign that Doug Jones should get a Lifetime Achievement Award, because he's just an icon in in Hollywood, and he should be recognized for all of the work he's done as a creature artist, as a guy who's done so much with special effects and visual acting, and just recently he put in a very great short performance uh, that I saw just earlier today in a new Batman short film uh, called Dying is Easy, and he had a brief bit as the Riddler, and dude, Doug Jones as the Riddler, that's awesome! (laughs) That is so awesome. Uh, So, Trekkies, if you're into Batman, or even if you're not into Batman, it's on YouTube. It's a great, fantastic short film called Batman Dying is Easy. Check it out. Uh, It's it's really good. I highly recommend it. And Doug Jones is the Riddler, so what can you say? But back to these awards, I'm just kind of scrolling through, and there's actually some pretty stiff competition, especially in best science fiction television series. We've got Doctor Who. Lost in Space, Pandora, Raised by Wolves, Discovery, Picard, and Westworld. So that that's actually some pretty stiff competition. And I especially saw this one uh, in Best Actress on a Television Series, uh, Regina King for Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Newton. yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, Fandy Newton in Westworld. <laughs> For sure. And Rhea Seahorn in Better Call Saul, uh, all up there with Sonequa Martin-Green. So, yeah, that's... That that is some pretty tough competition, but we're we're all rooting for Sonequa and everyone in all of the Star Treks. We're we're excited, and again, Star Trek is booming right now, and you love to see it, man. You, you just love to see it. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of booming, so we'll head on into upcoming business. 
which we got a special announcement this week uh, concerning the production of Strange New Worlds, in which they announced five new cast members. Um, not exactly who each of these actors and actresses are playing, but uh, <laughs> we have four women and one man that are joining Rebecca Romaine. Anson Mount and Ethan Peck on Strange New Worlds. And that's going to lead me into the actual upcoming business topic, which is if you could see any other women character come back to Star Trek as we're getting number one in Strange New Worlds, who would it be? Uh, Susie, I'll let you take this one only because I've said who I've wanted to come back over and over and over again in so many episodes of the podcast. I think regular listeners probably already know who I'm going to say. Heather, you can probably already figure out who I'm going to say. So, Susie, which woman in Star Trek would you like to see come back? Um, well, I mean, you have to, I feel like you also have to factor in the opportunities to come back, right, currently. And so I think we should definitely see Beverly and Picard at some point. I, I don't see how we could not. Um, and so I would like to see that. I know we're already supposed to be getting Guinan back. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, but yeah, probably Beverly Crusher. Okay. Heather. Oh yeah. Uh, Beverly Crusher is definitely tops of my list. <laughs> Uh, because I, I think we definitely need a reunion between Crusher and Picard in season two of Picard. Um, but I would also be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that we have some uh, characters that were introduced in uh, 90s Trek that are literally like the next generation of our beloved 90s Trek characters, which we could very easily see show up as the universe keeps moving forward. And that would be Molly O'Brien and Morale. Morale? Morale? Oh, I hope I'm not butchering that pronunciation, but Morale Paris. So I mm. would love to see the two of them also show up in Star Trek Picard because I think that's a really wonderful way uh, as much as all of us old fans love seeing the old characters come back and make cameos and, and have a role to play as we move the universe forward, I think taking these characters that were kids back in the 90s and using them to also move the universe forward uh, is an excellent way to do that. Those are a couple of Excellent choices, Heather, uh, especially Molly O'Brien, because she is a two-series Star Trek veteran. Uh, she was born on TNG and then moved to DS9 before her little brother, Kiriyoshi, was born. So she's as much a Star Trek veteran as anybody. Uh, for me, uh, this is someone that I've said that I'd like to see, uh, whether it's somehow either in Picard or... Or maybe even Lower Decks. I think that this is a character that kind of got a raw deal in the Star Trek universe. And I think that there's room for her to be brought back. And that's Esri Dax. I really liked the one season we got of Esri Dax. I think Nikki DeBoer is a really enjoyable actress. And 
I think whether it's through lower decks somehow, uh, either as a ship's counselor or higher up somewhere in Starfleet or sometime in Picard later on down the line, I think that that would be a perfectly adequate place for Esri Dax to really find some kind of story arc of her own. And we got a little bit of that in DS9 Season 7, but in my opinion, it was never really enough. So for me, it's Esri Dax, Esri Dax, all the way. Absolutely. Um, always Team Esri. So <laughs> would definitely no, nothing, against, Esri. nothing against Jadzia, Susie. Nothing against Jadzia. I like Jadzia. We all like Jadzia here. Yes, but I do yes, think yes. we don't want Susie coming for us because we're no, 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 no. It's fine. No, I did. I may or may not have rage quit DS9 uh, back in the nineties um, after Tazia died. We understand. Uh, but, uh, we understand. But it's. I did uh, watch the whole thing when I rewatched it uh, last year. So, um, so yes, I I came around to Ezri. Yeah, she's sweet. And and I I just think she should have a little more. That's all. Just a little more. Uh, a few episodes, maybe a cameo on Lower Decks. You know, m- maybe if Lower Decks decides to acknowledge other shows besides The Next Generation, <laughs> you know, Esri Dax, think about it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I think we've seen seven of nine. I, I didn't expect that. E- even... When Jerry Ryan was announced, I didn't expect it. So I think anything is possible. Uh, that That's the great thing about Star Trek right now is that it really does feel like anything is possible. Because not only are we getting all of these shows, but the shows that have come out have been successful. And it really feels like the possibilities are endless. And... I'm excited for how things are going to go, especially for women in Star Trek, because if you look at all of the shows that are being produced and you see how many women are in the writer's room and in the director's chair and are executive producers and showrunners, Susie, I think that seeing all of these, especially now, given what we knew about the history of Star Trek, it sets such a great precedent for the future. Agreed. Well, I think that will just about cover it then. Susie P., thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, Let everyone know where they can find your terrific art and everything else you've got going on. Well, I recently changed my Twitter handle from Real Susie P. to Dr. Space Susie. So I'm Dr. Space Susie on Twitter now. Um, And uh, you can find my art uh, make it Susie on Twitter and also make it Susie on Instagram. Awesome. Everyone follow Susie. She's fantabulous. I'm completely biased in this one. She's absolutely fantabulous and everyone should follow her. Heather, you know what? Everyone should follow Heather too at nerdy gal 33, especially <laughs> if you're a big fan of law and order SVU, that's her jam. I like SVU. She's helped me get back into it. Heather, what have you got going on? Uh, well, you know, um, not much. <laughs> Pretty much all I do is go to work, come home, sleep, go to work again. Uh, but I post random thoughts and things about my views on the world on Twitter. 
um, as well as occasionally guests on my other good friends podcasts, as well as podcasts with you. So this is the part where you plug that podcast you were on, Heather. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah. So I recently Mm -hmm. guested on an episode of my friend Annika's podcast. It's called The Endless Anakin. And we spent a wonderful half hour talking about WandaVision. Because like I said, as my Twitter handle says, I am a nerdy gal at heart. I love talking about Star Trek every couple weeks here with David and other random people. But I love SVU. I love the Marvel Universe. Um, I will be recording another podcast as soon as we're done here with my other good friend, Heather, just talking about women characters that inspire me. Um, And that's basically what my whole Twitter is based around. And it's not even a gimmick. It's just who I am. So follow me on Twitter at NerdyGal33. And, you know, celebrate nerdiness. Never apologize for being nerdy. Never. Never, ever. And, Heather, do me a favor and tell my fanthropology buddy, Heather, I said hi. Tell her I said hi. Will do. All right. Tell her, Thank I, you. Tell her I said hi, too. <laughs> okay. And Susie says hi, too. And we're going to say bye to all of you listening to the newest episode of the Promenade Merchants podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing in your podcatcher of choice. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, if you want to do the follow, because that's a thing they do now. Whether it's in Spotify, we appreciate that. If you do it in Amazon Music or Google Music, you're a real OG and we respect that here. And... Until next time, everybody, walk with the prosper, live long and profits, and thank you so much for listening.